Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Lit Service, where we are fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. My name is Caitlin, and if I hosted a convention, it would be the space uh, opera convention, where you would have to dress up like a space opera character, and you would also have to sing opera. I love that very much. Uh, well, you would be invited. <laughs> Excellent. Consider me in. When is it happening? <laughs> Hello, uh, I am Morgan Rath, and if I was hosting a convention, I would have to say, completely nerdy, it would be a One Direction costume uh, convention, and everyone would have to come, obviously, dressed as their favorite band members, and there would be a lot of karaoke and song and dance, and it would be great. I would go to that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make these happen. As you may have noticed, we have a lovely guest this week, Morgan Rath, who is a senior publicist at Macmillan Children's, and we're going to talk about publicity and publicists. So I'm just going to start with a really easy question. What is the purpose of a publicist? That is a fantastic question, and I think the really big phrase that we use when it comes to publicity is awareness building for books and authors, particularly in book publishing. So that includes everything from pitching for media placement, influencers, blog tours, and events placement for authors. I think the thing to call out with publicity is we have a really long timeline. So we start all the way from about, I would say like five to six months out from on sale, we're being introduced to authors. And then it spans all the way through past the on sale date we still have things going on. So really long lead timeline there. Okay. So what's the difference between publicity and marketing? It depends. I think publishing to publishing house does things differently, but the primary jobs of a publicist are to focus on editorial placement for things. So things that we don't pay for coverage for. So that includes like whenever you see a BuzzFeed books article, like odds are that a publicist has pissed for coverage there. Whereas when you kind of get into the marketing side of things, our marketing team helps more with making sure our sales channels and different accounts have the materials that they need to do their job successfully. They work with booksellers more primarily to make sure they have the materials that they need to make sure they can sell books the right way. They handle all of the fun pre-order items that you see for um, books and authors. There is a marketer behind those. And then of course, they also do some social media promotion. So some consumer facing elements as well. And then advertising, which just they pay for everything. So so the reason I know Morgan is because I'm one of those people who <laughs> we talk about getting authors on our show. So who uh, gets publicists? Which books get publicists? So again, it varies from house to house, but specifically at Macmillan Children's, all books get assigned a publicist. So there is a publicity contact on every single book that we are publishing. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience as an author from my side of things too. Mm -hmm. And I have been at two different publishing houses, so I'd assume that's generally how things go. What does a day in the life of a publicist look like? So I think as with all professions. Getting out of the email inbox is always the most (laughs) difficult part of my day. I'm not sure if anyone else here is on Google uh, Suites and Gmail. And Google has a very handy function where you can like pause your email inbox. So there are like days when I'm like, okay, I need to get out of my email inbox. I will pause it for an hour and go to my to-do list. And at that, like any given time, basically my job could be divided up into two different buckets. So the first is I could be doing something media and influencer related. So essentially that includes researching and curating lists of who we want to be reaching out to. And that's really dependent on the specific book. So 
what's going to be a good fit thematically, what's going to be a good fit kind of, you know, based on the author's profile and their personality and, you know, the different outlets that we're trying to look at targeting on that front. And then after that comes crafting of the pitch itself. And of course, that's not a cookie cutter thing. That's something that we vary depending on the specific outlet and what their audience and their readers are looking for. So we generally speaking, I start with a base pitch and then I kind of tweak it from there based on who I am reaching out to. And then of course, the longest part of that journey, which is follow up to media. I feel like the majority of my time is spent following up with editors and reporters, just trying to keep them updated on coverage as it's coming in in the hopes of getting things lined up. And then of course, once you get someone that's confirmed for something, the job is not done. You have to coordinate the logistics, whether it's an interview, making sure they have all of the press materials that they need. So high res cover image, author headshot, all of those different things. Make sure that the author has all of the materials that they need. If it's an interview, they're prepared for any questions and they're feeling good about things on their end. And then of course, coordinating when it's going to go live. So that's kind of that end of things. And the same general principles apply for blogger outreach too and influencer outreach, um, where we're curating the list of specific people that we want to go after for based on different campaigns and what's going to be a good fit thematically. The thing that I love specifically about outreach to influencers is it's much more casual than our media friends. (laughs) So um, I can ask bloggers like, oh my gosh, introducing your new book boyfriend. So it's just fun. And it's much more of a conversational tone, which is something that I like there. So that's kind of like the one bucket is the media and influencer end of it. And then the other end of it is the events planning portion. So that's anything um, working with bookstores and festivals to pitch authors for placement and events. That's anything from your local bookstore launch to, you know, local school visits, all the way up to pitching authors for if we have a tour in the works for an author doing a tour or, you know, like the big San Diego comic conventions, pitching them for your space opera convention would be a publicist job. So um, (laughs) we need to do that. (laughs) Then I would pay. I'll send you that pitch list. I'm sure we've got a few that would work. But yeah, coordinating those. And then, of course, once an author gets accepted for those, there's the follow-up steps of, you know, making sure that if it's school visits, are the kids prepared? Are they excited? Do they know a little bit about the book? So the author's not just walking into a bunch of kids who are like, who are you and why are you at my school? So making sure that the teachers and librarians are preparing the kids for the visits. If it's a festival appearance, sometimes that involves booking travel and hotels, making sure there are books there. Um, Publicist's mm-hmm. first nightmare is an author shows up to an event and there are no books. So working diligently with the festival and bookstores as well as our author events team to make sure there are books presence at events. And then also just making sure that the panel or whatever programming that they're doing is a good fit for them thematically. And they're feeling really comfortable with that too. So that's kind of broad strokes look at what I do on a day-to-day. And of course, we all have individual publicists have different things that they do for our department. So for me specifically, I manage our YA influencer list and manage the upkeeping and kind of adding of new voices to that. And I also help coordinate some of our YA facing fierce reads branded events strategy there. Mm -hmm. And Fierce Reads is Macmillan's like YA fun. Everybody, it's it's like your social media. It's not even just social media. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So Fierce Reads is essentially our teen facing brand. So it encapsulates all of our different young adult titles across all of our imprints, graphic novels, and then all of our different publishers. And it's basically just fun. Our It has its own like specific social media channels. So basically, it's the branding that we use when we're speaking directly to teens. Although we all know it's adults as well, because adults still read YA. <laughs> A lot of adults read YA. It's true. I think most big publishers have 
something like that. There's like Riveted Lid and Epic Reads, mm-hmm. and those are all for separate publishers. But yeah, yeah. So, um, what is expected? Well, I think we've already kind of talked about this side of it. What? How do authors figure into this whole equation? What are expected of authors? Yeah. So I think when it comes to kind of the publicity end of that and what is expected for us as a publicist, so basically like we get a book and we get our assignments. I work on anywhere from three to five books I have coming out every month. So looking at that, okay, six months back is when we would start communicating with those authors anywhere from four to six months out from on sale. So essentially, like when we get those books six to four months out, we have to identify, you know, what goals are we hoping to reach for this? And then what strategies and tactics are going to help us achieve those goals and move the needle for individual books and authors, building awareness for them leading up to at and beyond on sale. So nothing is cookie cutter when it comes to publicizing a book. You know, not all picture book campaigns are going to be the same. Not all middle grade, YA, et cetera, are going to be the same, even if they might feel like they have similar vibes to them. There's going to be different strategies and tactics that we're employing for those campaigns. And, you know, that's one of the things I love most about the job is that it's not like, oh, I got another picture book. I'm going to do the same thing I did for that picture book last month, you know, and as kind of the author piece of that and how that fits in is just... I think the biggest thing is try to be available for all the things that we put forward, you know, both in terms of interviews, whether it's like, well, they may not all be the buzzfeeds of the world or some of those bustles, like the bigger outlets, the blogger reviews go just as far as some of those bigger ones. And, you know, if a publicist is giving you an opportunity or presenting an opportunity for you, odds are we think it's worth your time or else we wouldn't be putting it forward, you know? So I think just being receptive to both interviews, events, and all of these things that that we're asking is go a long way. Are there things authors can do on their own? Because publicists, as far as I understand, like you have allotted minutes for authors, don't you? And so, I mean, it only goes so far and authors have to do some things for themselves. Mm -hmm. In that there's only so many minutes allotted in a day. So I think like, you know, the big thing that I think authors can be doing in addition to, you know, going after all of those opportunities that we're presenting their way is I think it really comes down to engaging in a really authentic way with the people who are going to be your readers. And the most obvious way to do that feels like via social media platforms. And that can be like, engaging both with readers, but also engaging with fellow authors. So it includes building up your network, following people that are authors, that are influencers, bloggers, who you see have posted things about books that might be similar to yours thematically. Um, And I also like to think that when an author is posting, engaging with people on social media leading up to their publication, remember, it's about more than just your book promotion. Like, if people look to follow you back, and all you're doing is like spamming your feed with your book, they're not getting a chance to see your personality. And your personality is part of, you know, who you are in this book promotion process too. Like, yes, the book is one thing that I'm working to publicize, but it's also the author personality too. And a lot of the times that the author personality is the element that kind of helps leverage the book in some ways or help it stand out from a very crowded marketplace. So I think remembering that and allowing your own personality to shine through on social media is a really big thing. Supplementing and other things that you can be doing on those social media platforms is supplementing with events, things that come through promoting all of your local launch events and festivals and things that you're attending on social media is big. Goodreads giveaways and things that are happening on that end. Any, you know, best of the month lists, or if you do an interview with a blogger and you post and you tag that blogger, that's just going to like make their day. So, you know, remembering to post about all of these different facets and really expand your network, I think, leading up on, on sale and make those connections. I mean, talking about it from my side, I know that like having a network is really important because a lot of times other 
other authors are the people who get you into conventions or onto panels and stuff because sometimes your publicist doesn't have, I mean, connections to every single tiny little convention or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's been really important for me. Or like with social media, if you look at people who are really successful on social media and have great engagement, look at people like Kirsten White, who is hilarious. There are so many people who it's it's not just spamming. So there's mm-hmm. some really great examples out there. Exactly. Yeah. And looking at who's like, it's not your pub day, but you're wishing all of these other authors and your wife, yeah. you're like, maybe authors that you haven't even met wishing them a happy book birthday. They're going to remember that when it comes around to your publication day too. And you know, when you're looking for blurbs for your next book. So things like that, mm-hmm. that even if you may not have met this person face to face, just going out of your way to say, Hey, I liked your book and happy book birthday. It's on sale today or something like that. You know? Yes. I mean, publishing is a much smaller community, I think, than people realize. And so being kind and reaching out goes a really long way. Definitely. Yes. So along with that, is it important to like try and follow social media algorithm trends or is it just more important to be authentic and what, how should people approach their social media? So I think that it can be both. So typically, like from my perspective, I tend to favor engagement, though I think it's more indicative of your relationship with your followers. The engagement component directly indicates your relationship with your followers versus where following current algorithm trends may not necessarily correlate to a really strong relationship with your followers. So, you know, for example, as I mentioned earlier, one of my jobs for our department is managing her YA influencer list, and that includes adding new voices to that list. And the thing that I look at above all else when, you know, kind of going through all of the requests to be added to our influencer list is engagement specifically on their posts that they're doing. So, you know, to me, an average of 100 engagements on a photo for someone that only has, say, like 500 followers is way better than someone who I see has 20,000 plus followers and maybe is only getting, you know, 200 to 500 engagements on their photos. So I would say engagement is super important. But also that being said, if there is something that's super trendy and you have an idea, do it. I mean, at the end of the day, don't just do a trend to do a trend, but it all kind of circles back to that like authenticity and level of being genuine on your social media. Like your followers are going to know if you're doing something just to ride the wave and it's going to come off less genuine and fun. But if you have an idea for something that's like blowing up on TikTok, do it because people will be able to see that that's something that's fun and more creative and um, genuine content. So what do you wish authors knew about being a publicist? Oh, that's a good question. So a few things. And I was kind of talking to my talking to my team about this before. And I was like, guys, what do you think? What do you wish that authors knew about what we do? And I think the, the one thing that came to mind immediately was how hard it is to get media. And the most gut-wrenching thing is when we know that a book and an author are literally the perfect fit for a media outlet. And we've refined the pitch and we followed up with every new thing that is coming through. And it's still crickets, no matter how many times we call, no matter how many times we email, nothing comes to fruition. And that is just the most painful part of our job. We could send out a hundred pitches in a day. And if we hear back from maybe five of them, it is considered a good day. Like it is, the response rate is quite low and it's understandable. I mean, I can't even imagine what our friends in the media, their inboxes are looking like, but it's just so gut-wrenching is there's nothing more gut-wrenching than when you're like spending all this time putting together their pitch and you send it out and then it's just your sittings there staring at your inbox waiting for things to come in and they don't. But that's why we spend so much time following up. Oftentimes, like I won't get the majority of my responses until my second or third follow-ups with media outlets. So that I think is the big thing to call out. I think also calling out, and this is the one thing that we constantly talk about on our team also is cover reveals. I feel like cover reveals are seen as this like 
end-all be-all to a campaign. And if my publisher is not doing a cover (laughs) reveal, it means they don't love me. It means they don't love my book. And that is just not the case. I feel like that's kind of like a more archaic, more like old school way of publicity thinking when in this day and age particular, I think social media cover reveals accomplish all of the same goals as a big media outlet or even like a smaller media outlet would. Like you have to think that like the people who are going to see your cover reveal, are they even going to click on the article? That's a lot of work for them when they see it on their social media feed to click and then go look at the cover. Whereas if you're posting it on your channels and having this celebration moment with your followers, it's going to get more retweets, it's going to get more shares, they can see it right there on their timeline. So I think that accomplishes all of the same goals and then saves that media chip that we would have used for that cover reveal for add-on sale when people can have the instant gratification of seeing the review and then going to purchase the book immediately. Because oftentimes these big media outlets, we only get one or two media chips, most of the time one to play with them. And you know, the thing that feels more strategic for most projects is booking that with on sale when you can instantly purchase the book. That definitely makes sense. Just in my own experience, I feel like as soon as you have a direct link to buying the book, it always is going to, it's it's always going to work better because people forget about you in five minutes. So. Exactly. People are all about delay or instant gratification these days. No one wants to wait for anything. Okay. Well, I think we're out of time, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your expertise and shedding a little light on this part of the industry that we don't really talk about that much, but it's so important. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to actually be a guest on the show instead of being the one on the pitching end of things. (laughs) It's nice to have you on too. It's nice to put a face to the, to the emails. Um, our next guest will be Adrian Tooley, the author of Sweet and Bitter Magic and also forthcoming Sophie and the Bone Song. If you'd like a first chapter critique from Adrian, you should get us your work by November 25th. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It takes a whole team of creatives to produce the show, and it's help from people like you that keep us going. You can find us at patreon.com slash litservicepodcast. There you can get early access to podcast episodes, video versions of the show, and occasional bonus content. Thanks to Chelsea Mortensen for doing all our social media. Please remember to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast wherever you listen so others can find the show. From Caitlin, Cameron, Aaliyah, and Kristen, thanks for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>